0: This is section 35 of Mark Twain, The Complete Interviews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interview 35 Clemens and Cable, Minneapolis Tribune, January 25th, 1885, page 3. Samuel L. Clemens, Mark Twain, of Hartford, Connecticut, and George W. Cable, of New Orleans, arrived at the West Hotel yesterday at eleven o'clock and a few minutes later in response to the card of a tribune reporter which went up on the elevator with them came down to the parlors and gracefully submitted as a brace of whilom reporters ought to to the process of being interviewed the two gentlemen in appearance present a marked contrast mr clemens is so like the woodcut representations in his works that even the absence of the plaid pantaloons and a certain general flavor of caricature does not destroy the similitude. His rather long hair and mustache are quite gray, but that doesn't seem to account for the stoop in the sloping shoulders and the comical shuffling side-gait of the humorist. Mr. Clemens has a fashion of throwing his head back on one side, folding his hands behind him, and putting an intensely solemn expression into his eyes one would sooner expect a man who looks that way to deliver a weighty opinion as to the existence of the prehistoric man than to perpetrate a witticism of any sort cable and i started on this raid uh, the day after the presidential election and have been on the road ever since replied mr clemens in his peculiar drawl in answer to a question of the reporter two years ago i got some such plan as this in my head i wanted to get a larger menagerie together howells t b aldrich uncle remus cable and myself so that we could all go on the stage together and each read two minutes or so and pose as the happy family between times but Howells had to go to Italy, on a commission from the century, which will take him a year to fulfill, and the others couldn't join us for one reason or another, and so Cable and I started out alone. I suppose I might have gone out on some such expedition all by myself, but I'm afraid it wouldn't be pleasant." I want somebody to keep me in countenance on the stage, and to help me impose on the audience. But more than that, I want good company on the road, and at the hotels. A man can start out alone, and rob the public, but it's dreary work, and it's a cold-blooded thing to do.' "'That is a fact,' asserted Mr. Cable. "'Last year I traveled and read alone. But it was lonesome.' have you uh, another story now in progress was asked of mr cable i am not writing anything now but whenever i am in new orleans the materials for a new story keep growing up from day to day there seems to me to be an inexhaustible fund in the creole life of that region how did you happen upon what so many had missed before you it was a few years ago that i was assigned by a new orleans paper as a freelance to write up the religious and educational history of the city now the development of new orleans is inseparably bound up with the history of the old colonists and their descendants in this way i stumbled right upon the wealth of material that i have utilized in dr severe mr cable pronounced it severe with the accent on the last syllable and my other novels you have doubtless noticed that the creoles of new orleans have taken serious exception to your creole dialect and your delineation of creole characteristics as well yes i have noticed and i have noticed that all the criticisms have come from the creoles themselves now they are of course insensible of their own errors in the use of english and hence are hardly to be taken as competent critics of my books in that respect. Again, as to their characteristics, the very violence of their attack upon my works only serves to confirm the truth of the characters as I have drawn them.' Mr. Clemens was asked if he was working on a new book, and replied in the negative, "'I haven't gotten Huckleberry Finn fairly off my hands yet. Is Huckleberry Finn a creature of flesh and blood?' well i could not point you out the youngster all in a lump but still his story is what i call a true story the incidents are in the main facts and i tried to make a faithful painting of certain phases of life on the southern mississippi do you remain in the city over sunday yes this is the first chance we have had to arrange a new program and we are going to utilize tomorrow for that purpose we return to chicago the second of february and as we have read both our programs there we have got to have a fresh one for this occasion it's easy enough to make out a program but to commit the parts to memory there's the rough if i don't know my part perfectly i get all befuddled when i get on the stage and <laughs> can't do anything if i am master of it why i often improvise to a considerable extent as the spirit moves but when i need to improvise to help out my limping memory i can't do anything at it i wonder if our breakfast is ready yet suddenly broke out mr clemens ah don't you mean dinner suggested the reporter i mean breakfast we haven't had a bite this day yet and i begin to feel a goneness here don't you cable queried the great american humorist laying his hand with a pathetic gesture on the region of his stomach just then the waiter appeared and announced breakfast and messrs clemens and cable after a pleasant adieu walked off arm in arm for the dining-room to discuss the long deferred meal End of interview 35, read by John Greenman.